This is Hondo. And Jackie. This is the night before Christmas. Twas the night before Christmas by Clement Clarkmore. And something else by someone I have no idea who wrote this. Twas the night before Christmas when all through the house not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. It was the nocturnal segment of the diurnal period preceding that of our annual Yuletide celebration. And throughout our place of residence, kinetic activity was not in evidence among the possessors of this potential, including that species of domestic rodent known as Mus Musculus. Stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The hosiery was meticulously suspended from the forward edge of the wood-burning caloric apparatus, pursuant to our anticipatory pleasure regarding an imminent visitation from an eccentric philanthropist among whose folkloric appellations is the honorific title of St. Nicholas. Children were nestled all snug in their beds, while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. The prepubescent siblings, comfortably ensconced in their respective accommodations of repose, were experiencing subconscious visual hallucinations of variegated fruit confections moving rhythmically through their cerebrums. And Mama in her kerchief and I in my cap had just settled our brains for a long winter's nap. When out on the roof there arose such a clatter, I sprang from my bed to see what was the matter. My conjugal partner and I, attired in our nocturnal head coverings, were about to take slumberous advantage of the hibernal darkness, when upon the avanacious exterior portion of the grounds there ascended such a cacophony of dissonance that I felt compelled to arise with alacrity from my place of repose for the purpose of ascertaining the precise source thereof. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutter, and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave the luster of midday to objects below. Hastening to the casement, I forthwith opened the barriers sealing this fenestration, noting thereupon the lunar brilliance without reflected, as it was on the surface of a recent crystalline precipitation, might be said to rival that of the solar meridian itself. When what to my wondering eyes should appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer, with a little old driver so lively and quick, I knew in a moment it must be St. Nick. Thus permitting my incredulous optical sensory organs to behold a miniative airborne runnered conveyance drawn by eight diminutive species of the genus Rangifer, piloted by a minuscule aged chauffeur so ebullient and nimble that it became instantly apparent to me that he was indeed our anticipated caller. More rapid than eagles, his coursers they came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on Donner, on Blitzen. With his ungulant motive power traveling at what may possibly have been more vertiginous velocity than patriotic allar predators, he vociferated loudly, expelled breath musically through contracted labia, and addressed each of the osset by his or her respective cognomen, now Dasher, now Dancer, et al. To the top of the porch, to the top of the wall, now dash away, dash away, dash away all as dry leaves that before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle mount to the sky. So up to the housetop the coursers they flew, 
with the sleigh full of toys and St. Nicholas too. And then in a twinkling I heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each little hoof. Guiding them to the uppermost exterior level of our abode, through which structure I could readily distinguish the concatenations of each of the 32 cloven pedal extremities. As I drew in my head and was turning around, down the chimney St. Nicholas came with a bound. As I retracted my cranium from its erstwhile location and was performing a 180-degree pivot, I distinguished Visitant achieved with utmost celerity and via a downward leap, entry by way of the smoke passage. He was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. He was clad entirely in animal pelts, soiled by the ebony residue from the oxidations of carboniferous fuels which had accumulated on the walls thereof. A bundle of toys he had flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler just opening his pack. His resemblance to a street vendor I attributed largely to the plethora of assorted playthings which he bore docilely in a commodious cloth receptacle. His eyes, how they twinkled, his dimples, how merry. His orbs were skittilent with reflective luminosity, while his submaxillary dermal indentations gave every evidence of an engaging amiability. His cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry. The capillaries of his molar regions and nasal appurtenance were engorged with blood which subfused the subcutaneous layers, the former approximating the coloration of Albion's floral emblem, and the latter that of the prunus avium, sweet cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow, and the beard on his chin was as white as the snow. His amusing sub and superlabials resembled nothing so much as a common loop knot, and their ambient hirsute facial adornment appeared like small tabular and columnar crystals of frozen water. The stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth, and the smoke it encircled his head like a wreath. Clenched firmly between his incisors was a smoking piece whose gray fumes forming a tenuous ellipse about his occiput was suggestive of a decorative seasonal circlet of holly. He had a broad face and a little round belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. His visage was wider than it was high, and when he waxed audibly mirthful, his corpulent abdominal region undulated in a manner of impectinated fruit syrup in a hemispherical container. He was chubby and plump and right jolly old elf, and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. He was, in short, neither more nor less an obese, jocund, multigenarian, the optical perception of whom rendered me visibly frolicsome, despite my every effort to refrain from being so. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. By rapidly lowering and then elevating one eyelid and rotating his head slightly to one side, he indicated that trepidation on my part was indeed groundless. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work, and he filled all the stockings, then turned with a jerk. And laying his finger aside of his nose and giving a nod up the chimney, he rose. Without utterance and with dispatch, he commenced filling the aforementioned appended hosiery with various of the aforementioned articles of merchandise extracted from his aforementioned and previously dorsally transported cloth receptacle. 
Upon completion of this tax, he executed an abrupt bout face, placed a singular manual digit in lateral juxtaposition to his olfactory organ, inclined his cranium forward in a gesture of leave-taking, and forthwith effected his egress by renegotiating in reverse the aforementioned smoke passage. He sprang to his sleigh, to his team gave a whistle, and away they all flew like the down of a thistle. He then propelled himself in a short vector onto his conveyance, directed a musical expulsion of air through his contracted oral sphincter to the antlered quadrupeds of burden and proceeded to soar aloft in a movement hitherto observable chiefly among the seed-bearing portions of the common weed. But I heard him exclaim, ere he drove out of sight, Happy Christmas to all, and to all a good night. But I overheard his parting exclamation audible immediately prior to his vehiculation beyond the limits of my visibility. An ecstatic yuletide to the planetary constituency and to that self-same assemblage, my sincerest wishes for a salubriously beneficial and gratifyingly pleasurable period between sunset and dawn. From the whole Brown County Hour crew, Jim, Vera, Pam, Rick, Chuck, and Dave. Happy Holidays!